Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of episode 79 of FBL Black Box. Hope you enjoyed part one. In this second section, we look at midfielders and forwards and the data behind them after two game weeks. We look at our predictions for the weekend's action and we give you a sneak peek at our early transfers ahead of game week three. You join us just as As starts that chat on the midfielders. Uh, midfielders then um, some interesting ones here not the players that you would expect to see at the top of the list I don't think uh, Buendia first okay he's played 76 minutes got the goal fine Pascal Gross and we should talk about him right because he is getting some traction and he is it's, it's, um, he's been around a long time uh, Yeah, I had to look at his data and I thought has he really been in the Premier League five seasons but he has because he came up with Brighton you signed him in the first season right yep and I heard uh, the guys talking about it on Scoutcast, and they were talking about, oh, a couple of seasons ago, he had a good debut season. That was five seasons yeah, ago, no, his debut season. He goes back to 2018-19 when he, when he came into the Premier League. No, 17-18 it was. Right, 17-18. Even yeah, back so even further than that. Before that, yeah. So yeah. he was like a leading assistant in the Bundesliga. So he came in with some reputation, and you got him on him famously in that season. Um, there he is on the wall. Yeah, 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 incredible. There he is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he is having somewhat, not even a renaissance, because it's not even going back to the form that he had previously. This is new level stuff from Gross at the moment. But it is two games, and surely you're going to tell me that it's going to revert to the norm very soon, right? Probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there a change in my, I had a look at the heat map and the touch maps and stuff. Look back at him versus last seasons. No real difference in the role he's playing. So what, what is it? Just a more of a license to get, because going through the data, it touches in the box per 90, five per 90 at the moment. Previous seasons, 2.65, 2.47, 2.60. 
So double the touches in the box per 90, um, double the shots in the box per 90. Um, uh, and yeah, and big chances, 1.50 so far. So yeah, I mean, that's the penalty, of course. But he has been your star man so far. Yeah, he has. I mean, his conversion rate is 50%, which <laughs> straight away is... Not going to continue. It's not yeah. going to I mean, look at his previous season, 8% the year before, 9% the year before that, 6%. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not a clinical finisher. And, and we saw it, my dad, I was watching the, the game with my dad at the, the weekend and he was absolutely tearing his hair out when he missed the, um, the chance that our uh, mm. new boy, um, uh, I can't even remember his name, Kim, oh, it's embarrassing, uh, Kim Mitoma, Mitoma, the Japanese guy. He came, he was brilliant when he came on, by the way. Mm. Um, he set Gross up perfectly and, and, he, and he missed the, missed the chance. I think Gross is a decent option, right? He's 5.5 million. He is getting in the box. We are playing really well. We're top of the fixture ticker. He's probably on penalties as well he's definitely not a terrible option and you know he has had he, I mean in his best season for, for us he, he got 167 points which is a 164 points which is an amazing return but I mean look at his returns in the last four years 80 points 2018-19 76 points 1920 116 points 2021 88 points 21-22 I mean this is bad <laughs> these are really really bad fantasy returns yeah but he's not been a main he's been in and out of the team under Potter hasn't he yes. that's the thing yeah and yes. his positions have been moved around he's been Mr. Versatile so if he's got a settled starting role and a settled position in the team over this good run of fixtures I don't think he's an awful pick at all so I no. can get on board of it but your expectation should be one over 5.5 midfielder don't suddenly elevate him to a 7.58 million level I don't think yeah, I mean, our midfield is really interesting because we're obviously we're adapting with, without Basuma there. Um, Casado has been absolutely fantastic for us. He mm. looks like a hell of a player. Loads of energy. He's getting forward um, as well. I mean, out of those three, I would have thought that McAllister was the most attacking given that we signed him pretty much as a number 10. Um, but he's actually the, the, the drop, he's dropping the furthest back and letting the other two kind of roam forward, which again is just, Potter is just like 3D chess moves. Like you just can't predict anything that, that he's going to do. I um, wouldn't be surprised if, if Gross suddenly just stopped getting forward and started playing a deep-lying playback yeah. role or played on the right, he's right wing back he's played it before. He's, you know, again, he's, he, he doesn't... Gross was a number 10. He didn't have any versatility and now suddenly he can play in all these different roles. So long story short, 5.5 is a good price for him. I don't think people should be put off. I think if you've got the money in the bank and you want to move up from Bailey, I think he's the perfect 5.5 yeah. midfielder in that sense. But I wouldn't expect huge returns. I mean, he's, he's already got two goals, which is already nearly however many he's managed, you know, each season for the last four years. <laughs> he's you know, got three mm. goals in, in 2021 and 18, 19. Um, so he only needs one more goal to, to match his, his those I, seasons. I said one of his big chances of penalty. He hasn't taken a penalty yet. I'm, I'm incorrect about that. But do you expect him to be on penalties? Because the talk is it's McAllister. Is that still up in the wow. air or are you in the McAllister camp? Well, I don't, I don't think it will be McAllister because Gross has taken a but, penalty for Brighton more recently than McAllister. The, the interesting thing about McAllister was he, there was a game, I think it was against Wolves. McAllister stepped up, took the penalty, missed it. And then we got another penalty and then he stepped up and scored it. He, he took it. Yeah, yeah. But then Gross took the one after. Now, I, I can't be 100% sure about who was on the pitch when, <laughs> at what points. Um, Gross hasn't got a great record at, at penalties either. No, he's like, he's missed three of nine. Or yeah, something. that's right. He's, he has missed quite a few. So if I think if McAllister over pre-season had said, right, I'm going to step up and I want penalties, I'm going to practice them and do it, I think he's probably got them. 
if he hasn't done that, I think Gross is still first choice. I would expect Gross to take the next mm. penalty. Again, the short, right. long, long, long-winded answer of, of saying I yeah. think Gross take him. Um, some other interesting stuff on, on this midfielder list. Uh, I'll just go into Rodrigo quickly because Rodrigo is, is taking everyone mm. by, by storm as well. He's not exactly been a player that any of us have really considered. Um, but there he is. Uh, I mean, again, it's, it's similar to Gross, right? He's just having a, a great start to the season. Um, you know, three goals already in, in two matches. Uh, next year, non penny penalty of 0.99. That's much better than last year, 0.26. Better than uh, in 2021, 0.55. What do you make of Rodrigo? I, never, I don't really know how I feel about him. Well, when he arrived, I expected more from him and I was actually disappointed for what I saw. Mm. So I think there was always scope to get better and maybe March has worked on him over the summer and found a a role for him in the system that gets more out of him. Maybe, you know, that's what we have to think at the moment. But then you look at that and conversion rate this season, 37.5. Previous seasons has been 12.8 and 15.2. Not awful, but obviously he's overachieving at the moment based on what we've seen previous seasons. So we expect him to normalise a bit. But at 6-1, and with Bamford potentially injured again, and let's face it, Bamford is likely to be injured more than one occasion this season. And you've got to think Rodrigo's going to lead the line and perhaps be on pens as well, maybe. So I um, I don't see anything wrong with this either. I think Gross and Rodrigo, if you're upscanning from Bailey, are both really good options uh, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have that money or can get the money. So um, Leeds' is fixtures, I don't know if you want to go back to the ticker, I don't know what they look like. Obviously, Brighton have a very good run. Leeds good. is a bit more patchy. Um, yeah, and I guess like Brighton, they're not an attack that we can bank on. Um, you know, I think the jury's still out on what we get from a Jesse Marsh team. I don't, you know, we know it's not a Bielsa team. It's not going for the throat 3-0 down. We're still going to attack, is it? It's they're a much more pragmatic team. They're not going to go crazy in matches. But they've started the season with some confidence and Aronson looks looks good. The midfields look stabilised um, with the new signings there. Um, Adams um, looks good, impressive. Christensen looks good at the back. Um, I think they're a solid team who will probably be in the bottom half but survive without any real threat. But Bamford staying fit is going to be key. Um, not only to Leeds' chances of, of getting out, staying out of the relegation fight, but also what how Arrigo does. So I don't think it's a bad idea to take a short-term punt on him if if you if you can upscale from Bailey. Uh, I would probably favour probably favour Gross given mm. the fixtures um, because. You know, Rodrigo, I just don't know if he can maintain this, whereas I think with penalties and Brighton confidence and the fact they've got Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, I think that's a stronger run. So because of the price difference, I've probably come down in favour of Gross over Rodrigo at the moment. Rodrigo and Gross. And we're at that stage, mm. that stage already. I mean, well, we are, aren't we? When it's yeah. game week two, you are talking you about those players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Neto is, is someone that I, I thought would, would also start strongly. And actually, Wolves' attacking data isn't bad. I mean, they're sixth on the team data so far, uh, 1.37. That's equal with Leeds, for example. But I think Neto is he's looking like that kind of unlikely lad that's always just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's, he looks good on the ball, a bit like Grealish when he was at City last year. He looks good on the ball, tidy, but kind of game just seems to pass him by a little bit. Not really someone that I want FPL-wise, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Wolves have been a team that don't take their chances now for a long time, haven't they? Um, when Jimenez came back, he didn't look the same. They've had the likes of Podence and Traore who really don't 
give them the cutting edge. And Neto fits that profile again. A nice player who looks impressive doesn't have that ice running through his veins and takes chances in a clinical fashion. Um, it looks like he fits that Wolves profile again. So they've made some signings. Though. They've made they've made some big moves. Um, and Gibbs-White could yet be a factor for them as well. You, he, he notably is 14th on this list, which is a decent level, 0.45 XGI non-penalty per 90. I rate him very highly. I want him at Forest, and I still hope we can get him. But if he stays at Wolves, he could be one to watch as well over Neto. Um, but yeah, he has been disappointing. But I, I thought that would be the case. I mean, he's 36th on this list, which is not disastrous, and he could yet come good. Mm. But um, Neto and Bailey have been sold a lot. And, and with the likes of Gross and Rodrigo starting as they have, I think it's it's easy to see why. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Martinelli? He's down in 15th. Um, he's kind of mm. the lowest in terms of his XGI non-penny per 90. Of all the players that have scored two goals, and there isn't too many of them in, in midfield. I mean, Josh De Silva is 84th um, on the list. I mean, you know, he has got two goals. There is investment in him, but he's not going to be playing De Gea uh, every week. But yeah, I mean, Martinelli, I think, has been a bit fortunate, I'd say, um, in the two games. But I think what was notable was when you know, Leicester were almost kind of coming back into that match against Arsenal and they were looking, and Arsenal were looking for another goal to kill that game off. They didn't take Martinelli off and bring on Smith Rowe, which I had him in that bracket of being, okay, when there's something that needs doing, it's going to be Martinelli hook straight away. You know, maybe Jesus can play it left, maybe Enketia comes on for him. There's lots of different ways they can, but they left him on and he scored. That's got to be good for his prospects, isn't it? Yeah, and they took Saka off, which, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't expect Saka to get 90. But you'd think Martinelli would come off first. And maybe that's not what happened. We've got to wait and see. But, you know, I'm, I, I got on Martinelli early, so I'm happy about that. I think if you haven't got him, all the signs are he's going to hold down that left-sided role and Smith Rowe's going to struggle to get, get starts. Um, the test is going to be game week four and five, that midweek game week, where we expect to see some rotation. Mm. If Martinelli starts both games... I'd be surprised. I think Smith Rowe will get one of those starts, right? So we've got to be prepared that in game week five, if you've got Martinelli, you, you might miss a start in that game because Smith Rowe's got a factor at some point. And I don't think Saka's going to be the one to make way, personally. You wouldn't pay 1.8 still for Saka, would you? When you when you could have Martinelli at Not at this point. Not at this point, no. But I, no. I, I think you can't write Saka off. Oh, I'm not. You just can't. No. He's He's such a good player. And... I, you know, in terms of decision-making, there's a massive gap between Saka and Martinelli. In terms of what's up here, mm. Saka is streets ahead, if I think. Martinelli's got the pace and trickery and first touch. But in terms of the calmness and composure and making decisions with final balls and passes and, and shooting, Saka is the better player. It's just it's not materialised yet. Yeah. Um, Odegaard's right down there in 74th. We, we talked about him pre-season yeah. and, and kind of said we, we thought he might be a factor. It's not until Vieira comes, I think. But that, that's another question to mark around Zinchenko because Vieira's going to come in. Who's he going to, whose place mm. is he going to take? They paid quite a lot of money for yeah, him. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, Jack, I mean, Partey, unless, you know, the off-field um, mm. things get, you know, get him suspended or he, 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 he doesn't become a factor. I don't know how we classify this now. No. You know, we've had a few, with a few players, haven't we, right? So I think Arsenal got to be prepared that Party might not be part of their season. At some I, th- point. I think, maybe that's from what, from what I understand, in. unless anything new emerges, that's done and, and done, dusted. Is it done? Yeah, oh, obviously, okay. obviously, I don't want to get into okay. it, but it's, I, th- I, I, no, I, th- no, no, I no. think that's done, and that isn't something hanging over him unless okay. other things happen. Well, I'm not going to comment on that, but it, it, yeah, in that case, I can only see Xhaka being the one that makes way. Yeah. There's no way Odegaard's going to lose his place no, as captain. No. 
And Partey is absolutely crucial to shielding the defence. So Xhaka's the disposable one there, isn't it? Well, he's the weak link. So, he's, he's, the, he's the complete so he, weak link in that team. I don't like him at all. And, and so where does Vieira go? Does he does he rotate in and out of that role with Zinchenko, maybe? Does he take one of the rivals? Again, mm. Saka, I don't think he... Unless Saka continually dips in form and doesn't produce, then maybe we'll see Saka being the one who doesn't start some games. But at the moment, the pecking order's got to be... The players who are most vulnerable, for me, are still Jacques and probably still Martinelli. Mm. I don't think Odegaard or Saka are at, at, at risk yet. So when we see rotation with Smith-Rowe and maybe Vieira or Zinchenko coming in, it will be Xhaka and Martinelli still, I think, who will be the ones to make way. But Saka's got to pull his finger out. Yeah. That's for sure. And so's Odegaard. He hasn't been brilliant, has yeah, he? Yeah, no. I really predicted great things from Odegaard, but I don't, you know, the numbers say he hasn't started well and the eye tests say that he hasn't pulled up any trees either. In pre-season, he looked imperious. So I was really expecting more, but hasn't happened yet. Hasn't clicked. It's a very different, you know, season for Arteta, isn't it? Because, you know, last year he's having to deal with, you know, problems like Obama Yang and you know, Lacazette leaving and quite a, th- a threadbare squad, really. But this year, they've made so many good signings and the team's strong. I mean, it's it's all fine when they're doing well and winning and things, but when they start going for a bit of a blip and then, you know, you've got players, you know, banging on his door saying they want to start. I mean, Smith Rowe is way too good to be to be on the bench, you know, for a whole season. So he's going to get chances, mm. he's going to get minutes. You know, is he going to take them? Vieira's going to come in. You know, what happens to Zinchenko if Tierney comes in and plays really well? You know, they're the, they're the top team to target at the moment and it's a mm. good time because at the moment they're very settled, but later in the season it might not be so click up. A lot of people disagree with me on Martinelli. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, he started the season well. But I, I still think Saka and Odegaard are above him in the pecking order for me. I, I, I don't, I don't see him being above those two yet. If well, one ha- of those three is going to make way, it's still Martinelli. Yeah, but he hasn't got the versatility because he can only really play it on the left wing. Whereas Saka can play anywhere. Odegaard can play deeper. He can play higher up. He can play midfield. I mean, he could even play mm-hmm. on on the right. Maybe you know, got Jesus that could play on the left. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. Well, I, we'll I, see. I, agree. I mean, yeah. Another three or four weeks and I might have changed my story. I mean, my defence has been two games, so yeah. I might well be wrong. <laughs> it's his, it's <laughs> definitely his, his place to lose um, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, forwards then, uh, look at that, Solomon Rondon at, right at the top, uh, 27 minutes uh, played. I think. He did all right when he came on, I thought. Yeah, well, he's got an XGI non-penalty penalty of 2.17, so... Yeah, but he made he, he made a difference for them. He, he gave them a little bit of a focal point, which they missed to that point, mm. and I think he'll probably start against Forest. So... But not a factor, obviously. Not a factor, no. Uh, it's Gabriel Jesus next, so he's kind of the main one that we're, that we're considering. Uh, Watkins came back. We were talking about Watkins. Mm. We couldn't believe that Gerard has uh, dropped him. Uh, he came in. It was a classic Watkins performance, wasn't it? It was kind of really, really busy. Uh, no real clinical kind of cutting edge from him. He made a couple of mistakes. But in the end, you know, he's, he's got the pace. He, he has got the awareness and he, 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 did, the, he did the right things that I think Without him, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won that game. Um, but yeah, he's he's frustrating. I mean, two assists in that game, no goals. He's going to annoy the hell yeah. out of owners. I, I guarantee it because he's just that kind of player. But yeah, I, again, it, it's like the Saka Martin. I just don't think Watkins has got the the decision making. He's, he's young and he can learn that right. But at the moment, he still frustrates, doesn't he? You you watch him and he's got so much about him. He's so much talent, but he just sometimes chooses the wrong option whether it be taking on that one extra player or not passing at the right time or just going the you know going with the wrong shot selection he's just not the complete package yet but there's no doubt he's got everything else going for him and he still he can still develop but he 
I don't see him impacting our seasons. Um, and, and yeah, for once, we've got options here. Like, you, you look at Nunes when he's back. I'm, <laughs> he's a funny player, is he, Nunes? Because he had chances again. He's going to be an XG magnet. But again, he yeah. fluffed. He fluffed he two really good chances. Like two, two complete miss kicks again. One that hit the post. And then one early second half where he did all the hard stuff and then miss kicked the shot before he was sent off. So, I don't know about Nunes yet. I mean, like... There's no doubt that he is a focal point when he plays, and there's no doubt that he will get goals. But I think he's going to be the player we're going to be screaming at the TV that he's missed a city, or you know, he's he's just fluffed his lines when when he really should score. I think we're going to have plenty of that. But we've got to wait. It's another few more weeks before we see it again. But he's going to entertain us one way or another. I think, isn't he? Andy Carroll, Mark too. No, he's not that bad. <laughs> Yeah, he's an interesting one. I think he will frustrate, but he'll also get, like we talked about last week, he just is in the right position. He's the opposite of Neto, for example. He just finds a way to kind of draw himself into the into the right places. I mean, I say find a way, because he's an elite striker, so I'll pay £85 million for him. But I do agree, he doesn't always look the classiest um, a finisher. But yeah, be, be interesting to see what, what that is like when he gets a, a decent run of games. Um, what do you make of Kane so far? Oh, just, I was just about to mention table. Kane. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to mention Kane. Because you'd expect you'd want to see him in the top five, wouldn't you? You want to see him challenging Haaland up there and Jesus and Nunes, but he's he's not yet. And although it's early, I do wonder whether he's going to settle into another season as we saw last, where he is kind of bowing to Son as the as yeah. the main goal threat. I just do don't you really see, it. see it like that. I don't see. I've, 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 there was no way I was going to start with with Kane this season because I I've I've just I sense that Son has just taken that mantle. I think Son is he's leagues clear of of Kane in, in terms of which player I'd rather have um, in my mm. side. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he scored the goal, got the header. I bet everyone who sold him for Haaland was delighted with with that. Uh, but I just can't see. I can't. I couldn't justify the price for him. I mean, he's what eleven three something like that. You're you're just not going to pay that for him when you've got you know Salah there when you've got Haaland. You know, even De Bruyne, you've got Son around the same, you know, well, okay, Son's a bit more, but there's there's better premiums than than Kane. I I just, I can't I can't see when we would go with him. I mean, this is Spurs' good run, right? And I'm not seeing anyone mm. picking him up now. I've just noticed we don't have the decimal places for some of these prices. Our tables are still in pre-season. What are they doing? They're rusty, aren't they? Look mm. at that. This is Kane's on eleven. He's like, oh. This is your, don't worry. your, your, you know, your job. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've let, I've let everybody down, let myself down. I'll, you got the, you got, you got the week off next week to, to sort this be, out. Yeah. I'll have a team yeah. meeting and I'll, and I'll get better. <laughs> I'll get better. Yeah. yeah. I'm not allowed to, if anyone's wondering, I'm not allowed to touch these because I, He's not allowed to I, touch. <laughs> I break them. Too. It, if you think this is bad, it would be worse. It would be. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about Harland then. Uh, we are not going to sit here and try and make the case that you should sell uh, Harland, um, he's expected to go. Do you want to weave the low block narrative? As yeah, I Sam think we should. Want, hey. Sam wants us to do that, doesn't he? But I'm not. Hey, we said it. Be- we said it before. We were preemptive and not um, in hindsight. Uh, I mean, it is an interesting one with Harland. I mean, here's his, his game week one versus game week two. Um, I've just focused on the touches. I mean, everyone kind of knows the narrative around this already. He had eight touches um, against Bournemouth. Um, a minutes per touch is, is eight point nine. So nearly 10 minutes per touch. But you compare that to his kind of all-action display against West Ham, 32 touches, receiving the ball every two minutes. Um, you know, obviously, you know... It's and extreme, then isn't it? It is, a, it is a massive difference. And, you know, uh, Lukaku had that game against Palace last season where he had seven touches and he was absolutely 
you know, slammed through through the press. Whereas Haaland has been giving a lot he's been given a lot more kind of wiggle room. You know, oh he's you know, he was occupying space and he was letting the other players come in and all that. I don't really know what to make of it. I can't really understand how a player like Haaland playing for Man City against Bournemouth can only receive the ball once every ten minutes. Because I, I, I think his job is not to come to the ball. His job is to wait for the ball to come to him. And 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 Pep has given him that strict instruction. Um, and in a home game where they're desperately trying to pick the lock, it's a, it happens around him, and he just he just occupies the box and waits for that chance. And he did get the chance. He had the chance second half, mm. didn't take it. I, you know, my, my theory is that Pep wants to get make sure the pressure is off him as soon as possible. I think Pep is aware that if Haaland goes three or four games without a goal, which sounds unlikely, but has happened before and could happen again. He's worried that the pressure will get on him. right? And, and then really, you know, they've got Alvarez, but they, they don't really want to have a situation where they're not starting Haaland because he's low on confidence or coming under fire. And the, you know, How's he going to react? Like the, He's had media attention, but he's not had Premier League media no. attention. Right, and and we know our press and the, and the pressure you get in the Premier League is far beyond anything you get anywhere else, um, even the Liga and, and Serie A. Right, so I think Pep's aware of that and wants to get him goals. Right, I think that the, and this is why he was so upset with Foden because when there is a clear cut chance to get Haaland goals, they need to get him goals. Right, just to make sure there isn't that element of oh he's gone three or four without a goal. I can't now. believe he's shot. I still can't believe he's shot. Yeah. Well, no, nor could I. Rightly but, punished. And, and yeah, but it's still a lot to sub Foden at halftime given that he got the goal and assist, right? It's still quite extreme. And he also made a point of it in post-match as well. Mm. Or he was asked about it. I, I do think Pep's aware that he needs to get Haaland just up and running and over that initial doubt, if any, there isn't doubt yet, but there could be. If he goes another three or four games and doesn't score, people will start questioning him and there'll be silly stuff in the press and questions will be asked Pep will be asked about him and I think he thinks I think Pep is going I don't want to go there I don't want Haaland having that and running the chance of being been affected that particularly when they start going into Champions League so I think he wants to get him four or five goals before the Champions League kicks in and mm. then then it's all gone then, you know, the press can't come after him but if you know in our press they're like sitting there going oh you know if he goes another couple of games without a goal we can start writing stuff about you know, our City can lose in confidence in him. And, you know, they're probably poised now, aren't they? Great. I mean, you, you say it though, but they also, so, um, he also subs him early. I mean, this is the second game in a row. He's yeah, not, he's we know played 70 that. minutes. So yeah. he's, he's finding that balance, isn't he, between kind of protecting him from playing too many matches, but also obviously yeah. wanting him to, to well, I get, I guess yeah. that's the other thing, right? He, he knows that he's going to take him off in games. So he wants to get him the goals while he's on the pitch, to get, you know, while he's got those chances. And so when they're not giving him, tap-ins, it's going to frustrate him, isn't it? It's going to frustrate Pep. So that all means that we should remain optimistic. But it it will get interesting if another couple of games pass and we see similar numbers. Mm. Right? And where are they at? Newcastle, right? Good, a good side, good defence, right? They won't make it easy. Um, so, you know, all of you think if he blanks at Newcastle, as FPL managers, we're going to start going, oh, God, you know, he's a lot of money. Maybe we can go down to Jesus or maybe we can go down to Tony or whatever, you know. So we're going to start asking questions if he goes another couple of games without scoring, aren't we? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think given that there's no, I mean, De Bruyne is an option in, in midfield, but I think you would still go for Haaland yeah. over him because of the pens. I don't, 
really like the idea of a Foden or a Gundo, and I know people are talking about them, but mm. I think if you're going to triple up on City, the double defence is the way to go. And then, and then with Haaland, I mean, I've got De Bruyne and, and I'm happy with him, but if I was wildcarding, I don't think I'd go for De Bruyne over, over oh, Haaland. Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 can't, I can't really, you know, justify I, it, but... I don't think it's a scenario that's going to happen, but I think it's in the back of Pep's mind that he just wants to just make sure Haaland gets over this initial period with a few goals and yeah. then there's no pressure and it's fine. So I think it will happen. I don't, I'm not worried. Um, but, you know, but I think the, doubts can creep in, can't yeah. they? And the press aren't going to be slow to, to make that make more of that. Well, the, the, I mean, the question is, I mean, after game week one, we're sat here and saying, do we need Salah because Haaland could end up being a perma-captain if he hits this every week? Mm, I think that's mm. the bigger question. The bigger question isn't, is Haaland going to be a good option or not? Because obviously he's going to be a good option. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. he's Haaland playing for Man City. But mm. it's, can we trust him if he is getting subbed early, if he is going to have games where he has a few touches? Is he going to be that kind of automatic captain choice each week? I guess the jury's out, but it only mm. takes another brace against Newcastle and then suddenly he's... See, if he does, if he does become that, it will change our seasons because yeah. then, I mean, I would look at Sun and think, can I downgrade to Kulazeski? And people on Salah will look, can I downgrade to Diaz? Surely, because you're not, you're not going to hold another 12 or 13 million pound player if you're captain in Ireland every week. I, I wouldn't have thought because you can do more with that money elsewhere. So it isn't going to happen overnight though. How long will it take for us to think that we can trust Haaland? Probably another what? He'll have to score in five or six consecutive games for mm. us to start thinking that. Yeah, he can do that. And we and we and we don't know what's going to happen when the Champions League starts because no, that's the thing. It's again, but that that could change everything. Yeah. We're, we're already seeing his minutes managed. When that happens, it could yeah. be it could be even worse. Slippers saying he doesn't see Haaland overtaking Salah for captain. No, but um, if you, if you if you ask that question after game week one. A lot of people would have said they could see it, and they were already thinking about all the lovely points they were. Getting I can from see Harland. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. Um, but you know, we need a we need to see him and City getting through that low block. I mean, they did, but they didn't get him the chances. One one chance isn't enough. You'd expect of him to come out of that game with four or five shots on goal, wouldn't you? So, I'm we need I'm, a few more games I'm just going to sit here with KDB captain and just yeah, hope you're looking that smart, he just don't you? he just continues nah, to, to score. Right yeah, we'll see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, cool. Right. Let's have a look at some predictions then. Uh, this is how we got on last week. It was four correct scores for me, four correct, um, sorry, yeah. four correct results for you, four correct scores for me. And then I got two perfect scores and you got uh, one decent again. Back ish. to the 50% low, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. I mean, I mean we were 60 and 70% <laughs> and we were like, woo, here we go. Yeah, no, back to the, the normal range. Of I'm 50, honestly, 50%. I'm happy with that. 50, yeah, yeah, give me I'll fifty. Give me fifty percent yeah. again. I'll take it. You're you're in the lead. Yeah. Fifty five percent. Twenty five percent correct scores for me is quite remarkable, though. I think I've. It's a tricky. It was 3%. a tricky game week. Tricky mm. game week to to actually predict, wasn't it? I mean, like Liverpool Palace. We were never going to go there. I guess we could have done a better job with Spurs and Chelsea. That you know, a draw is not. Uh, I didn't predict Forest win. You know, I, I, was, know. I thought we get a point. I know. So, you know. 
Uh, again, I'll beat myself up about that. Another thing to raise in that team meeting that I had this week. <laughs> Got to bag Forest Ball for the for the win. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, let's take a look at this week then. So we've gone fairly similar, actually. We've got a lot of our results. Um, uh, so yeah, what, what's, what can possibly go wrong here? Uh, Spurs Wolves, to start with them. First game, I'm eagerly waiting Perisic news. I'm really, really hoping for some early team news so that I can play Perisic. I think I'll start him even if I don't get any. I think he'll start. I think he'll start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Sessegnon was really poor, really poor. Mm, and they got subbed off yeah. for Richarlison, which was a... I was at the time, I was yeah. like, what on earth's going on here? But I think I think um, Perisic starts, scores this. And if he starts and scores, then he's going to be the next bandwagon, I think, with, with Spurs' yeah. pictures the way they are. So, yeah. Um, anything you've done on that? This should be a pretty routine win for Spurs, though, shouldn't it? I think so. I mean, I've gone 3-0, and I think there was... Um... Some some girl called Lynn was questioning why, why were people were going to be, you know, why would Spurs be predicted yeah, to fresh balls? No, I never heard of her either. She just popped up on my timeline. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's purely, as I, I answered her, I said, it's just down to Kane, Son and Gilozeski, who are probably, well, they are the best front three. I mean, City have got an amazing attack with Haaland, Bowden, Grealish, or Mares Grealish. But if I was choosing a front three, it would be, though, it would be the Spurs front three at the moment. Because Liverpool don't, they, you know, they're settling down to their new setup, aren't they? Son and Kane are elite finishers, probably the two best. You know, I mean, Haaland's up there. Would you would you say Haaland's a better finisher than Son and Kane? I think the jury's still out. From what we see on, you know, in the Bundesliga, yes, but I still oh, think it's I, I, th- I think Son, I think Son is the best finisher in the world at the moment. Right. Oh, so that's going. There we go, as always going to the extreme. Well, you know, I've, I've said it. I've said it for quite a few seasons. Though, I mean, though, he, he, yeah. You know, the, the way he out out school out scores his XG is season after season. He's he's got to be right up yeah. there. I think he's if I'm thinking of any player through on goal one on one, I think Son would be the one that I'd bat to finish it. Yeah. Well I think I mean those three at the moment are you know, Harlan, Kane and Son. If you're putting your mortgage on anyone to finish a chance, it would be one of those three, right? So and Spurs have got two of them. So it's as simple as that. That's why I'm going 3-0 to, yeah. to, to Spurs in that game. But, yep. um, yeah, Wolves haven't been tested yet, so I think it's difficult to say that. Wolves Wolves are playing a back four now. I think Spurs put them to the sword. Yep. Uh, next, Palace v Villa. Probably not a huge amount of, of FPL interest in this one. Um, Palace have had the tough start to the season. Uh, now people hopping on Villa assets because their fixtures are really turning. I've got rid of Dean and I feel delighted about it um, as well. Cash is injured. Uh, Carlos is is injured as well, isn't he? So he makes their defence. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, good. I mean, Coutinho was, was subbed and he's injured as well. I mean, there's not really a, a huge amount you can go with. You've got to get rid of Bailey now. Like, it's just a fire sale of, of Villa assets. Yeah, and we've both just gone for kind of fairly routine Palace wins to nil. Yeah, and Palace have impressed me. Yeah, I mean, they they, Elise's back now. He's such a great player. Eze looks fantastic. We didn't talk about him on the midfield table, but at 5-5, five, five, he's gonna, he could be another player to pop out. And I expect Elise to play a part in our season at some point. Those two are great. Zaha, we know what we get. They're, they're going to have too much for Villa, I think. And Villa, I just don't know what to expect. I don't know what we're going to get from them week in, week out. It, it, the, you know, Gerald's not at that consistency yet in terms of lineup or performance or result. So, yeah, going one way. Oh, this is a good one. You've gone with me and I you're have. going bigger than me. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've got me. 2 0 Forest over Everton. You've gone for a 1 0. Mm. I just, I really enjoyed watching Forest um, at the weekend. I mean, that, obviously, they, their last away game was, they were awful against Newcastle, much better at home. But, I don't like Everton. I, I just, I don't like them at all. Um, I don't like them defensively. I don't like them attacking-wise. I think Lampard's got 
a too big a job on his hands. And I think Forrest now gonna have the win in themselves a little bit. So there's got, I mean, yeah. look at all the strikers you've got. You've got to have Mopay soon, Dennis, Johnson, Lingard. Got too many, too many attackers. Yeah, and I, I think this will be going nil nil, ten minutes to go, Dennis will come on and get the winner. I, I think um <laughs> I think I think you don't I mean, get Dennis, extra points if, for that. Do you remember Dennis at Goodison Park last year for Watford? He absolutely tore them a new one, didn't he? Do you remember? Mm. When they, they beat them 4-5-2, I think they beat them. And Dennis was incredible in that game. And um, I think he'll fancy it if he gets on the pitch against against their defence. Um, they've got injuries at the back, haven't they? So they'll have, they'll have Cody and Tarkovsky. I don't think that'll worry Dennis. I think he's live. He's looked really lively for Watford this season as well. So... I don't think we'll start him, but I think he'll be on with 20 minutes to go and I, I think he might be the one who wins it for us. Um, Everton haven't got too much going forward. The Goodison Park crowd are the factor. They could be enough to get them Everton a result maybe, but I, I, I've got to back us this week. So, yeah. I, I love that Forrester got promoted. You've started a tirade against Analytics FC and you've signed the two poster boys of Grass FC in Dennis yeah. and Lingard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost on purpose. I yeah. know. It's I know. all it's all part of your master plan, isn't it? Yeah. Uh Fulham Brentford. Next, we've both gone for Brentford wins. Um, I've gone for a 1-0, you've gone for a, a 2-1. Yeah, I did this one a while ago. I think they're looking into it a bit more. I think there could be goals in this. Both good high pressing teams. Um, I think 1-0, I think there probably will be more goals in it than, than just the one. Um you've gone for the Brentford win though. So I mean that, that'd be a hell of a start for Brentford if they get this. Two wins yeah. and a, and a well, draw from their first three. I mean, what what I saw at against United. Obviously, the, the headline was United's performance, but what about Brentford? I mean, they played with such confidence and I thought they'd struggled to create opportunities, but Tony and Mbumo look like they've gone up a level, don't mm. they? Yeah. Like they both, yeah, yeah. Look, in that game, like I watched them a lot last year and I had Mbumo at the start of the season and I they really frustrated me because I thought that Brentford tr- struggled to create anything for them and then Mbumo and Tony weren't good enough to actually do stuff create much on their own they had a good understanding but they didn't have much in the way of penetration and Tony still had a good season he managed to get 12 goals anyway but what I saw in the Leicester game and what I saw against United was both players with far more confidence Mm. looked really fit really full of energy and obviously Tony scored in that game he got two assists against United and Bumo scored against United took his goal really well I mean last season I mean Boomer was, was hitting the post with that wasn't he yeah <laughs> he did the post about 17 times by game week two I think so <laughs> um, yeah I, I think those two have gone up a level and that makes me think that Brentford are always going to be a, a decent side at the back well organised and they've got Damsgaard to come into the team I don't know where he's going to go but I presume it's going to be the 10 or the 8 somewhere in the engine room rather than wide I think they'll have a little bit too much for Fulham um, so yeah I'm going to one I think Ben Mee's a good signing as well for them just gives them that yeah. that presence in the box from set pieces like they did with, with one of the goals he's like kind of commanding presence at the back because they've got injuries at the back but he's come in and and taken on some of that leadership duty. obviously having Raya back is, is massive because he just cleans things up and can get the attacks going they've got a good side I don't, I don't think they're going to be in the mix really for relegation this year I think they're, they're going to be no I don't they're going to be alright no yep it's uh, early days, but I, is. Uh, from what I've seen, yeah. 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 Got a clear game plan. Uh, Leicester Southampton next. I've gone for a 2 0 Leicester. Um, I hadn't actually seen those defensive data stats before I looked at it. I didn't realise they were they were this bad. Uh, you've gone for a 2 1 mm. Leicester. I mean, if they don't win this, Rogers is in big trouble, I think, because it wasn't a good season last year. And to have started without a win after three games, I think, I think he could be in big trouble. So 
You know, are they going to step up? I don't and think play Les- for him? Yeah, I don't think he's under threat. Leicester can't afford to lose a manager like Rogers. They're not going to replace him with anyone better at the moment. Um, they need some stability if players are leaving. So I think I don't think he's under pressure, but I think he might walk. No, that's right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they win this. I think mean, you know Southampton have got some good players. They're still settling down. They've got a lot of young players, haven't they? And that leads to inconsistency and erratic performances. And they're going to struggle. I, they did I, I well. They're two 0 down for, to Leeds. They did. Sure. They did. And, and there's good signs, but they just not. I don't think they can. They're a bit like Salusu at the back, right? He looks a world beater one week and then terrible the next. Yeah. And that's a bit like Southampton. And you know, I, I think this will be a week where they have an off week and they fall to Leicester. Yep. Yep. Uh, Born for Arsenal. Comprehensive ho- um, away wins for Arsenal. Mm. I've gone for a three. You've gone for a two nil. I, I just I think Bournemouth were all right and you know they, they've started the season strongly but Arsenal too good at the moment hate hate yeah. to play them <laughs> yeah I think it's got it's got to go that way I don't Bournemouth if Solanke's out again um, their their main reliance is on set plays and Arsenal have actually defended set plays brilliantly over the last couple of seasons so I don't see much joy for Bournemouth at set pieces unless Arsenal have a bad day in that area um, and I don't see Bournemouth creating too much from open play so it's how many they can, if they can keep Arsenal out, but I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Team win, I think. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Gabriel Jesus, the potential captain option in a minute sec. Uh, one thing I was about Bournemouth is I saw that lineup against Man City and my heart sank. Yeah. Because I just thought yeah. Haaland is going to eat this team. No Solanke, Billing wasn't there. It mm. looks like a kind of lower championship side, but you know, Fair play, they 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 played well. Um, Leeds Chelsea next. Uh, we did have a super chat earlier about Mount as well. We haven't really talked about him. We've both gone for two nil. Chelsea wins. I mentioned Sterling. I think if you're looking for a punt this week and for the next couple of weeks, I think Sterling is probably the one. Um, just coming on to Mount. I mean, Mount is 51st on the midfielder list in terms of XGI non penalty per 90. I think he's looked really poor in both games. I mean, I gave him the first game because he was kind of marked well by Everton, but he wasn't great against Spurs either he was not really in the right places he had a couple of really wayward shots I don't know he was there for the kind of energy and, and things that he kind of brings to the side but from an FPL sense I think he's quite a way down the, in terms of the 8 million options Kulusevski, mm. Diaz even Foden he's not someone I'd probably recommend people bring in but I'm holding him yeah I mean at the start of the season Saka and Mount were, the, were my top two mm. and neither of them have convinced in the first two no. fixtures it's early days, and if you got Mount, you're probably not in a hurry to sell him because you might have other fires. And Chelsea have got you drop into night in price, which is another right annoyance. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. Actually, we're going to go well over two hours here, and <laughs> it was me thinking, well, but I've got still got so much to talk about. But yeah, go on, yeah, yep. move on. Um, would you agree with that? Then don't buy Mount, but don't sell him. Yeah, don't. Buy, yeah, sell him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, West Ham Brighton. Uh, my dad is going to this match. Um, he will enjoy himself, no doubt. Uh, and I've gone for a 1-0 Brighton my dad tends to when my dad goes to Brighton matches we tend to win how's that for expert analysis he also analytics will love that won't they well I think he deliberately chooses games in which he thinks Brighton can can win at and he's gone for a Brighton win in this one haven't been that impressed with West Ham at all I I know we've talked about Forrest and you riding it like a little bit but I did think they were that great in that match I know that Antonio just still looks lost, doesn't he? They need to get Skamaka yeah. in, in that side as Sch- quickly as possible. Skamaka looks pretty worryingly good. He came on mm. and straight away it was like, my God, the size of him. He's a he's <laughs> a unit. And um and uh Nierkati had a really good battle with Antonio 
in the game. And uh, Skamaka came on and um, had a little bit too much craft room and Nikachi completely missed the ball and they nearly scored for me. Yeah. Um, so like Antonio had gone up against Nikachi all through the game and it had been a clash and a muscular battle. Skamaka came on and went, no, I'm going to find another way of getting past you. And he did, like immediately, just threw his shoulder and let the ball run past and Nikachi just f- fell for it completely. And that made me think, mm, this guy's got a bit about him and, he, and he's a unit as well, as I said. So it won't be long before Antonio's out of the team or having to push wide, which, yeah. you know, a shame. But, but it's been know. coming for a while. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he, well, he's not just from an FPL perspective. I think he, he just formed, massively mm. dropped off uh, last year. Um, you've gone for a draw. Come, come, come back to the city ground, Mikhail. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't need another striker, Mark. Else. <laughs> <laughs> the last yeah. bloody position you need to fill. Um, yeah, you've gone for a one-all. Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, we, we've got a good record against West Ham, actually. We, we've done well against them since we've been promoted. Uh, if you care about that kind of stat uh, at all. We, we do well away from home as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we, a, a win or a, or a draw is lucky. I, I don't think we'll lose this one, um, actually. But mm. yeah, it should be, it should be a good game. Um, Newcastle City, I've given Newcastle a, a goal. I've uh, gone for 3-1 just because they're at home. I think they, they will create chances. Uh, we know Wilson up front and Gamiris, good midfield. Should be a good battle, this one. Uh, you've gone for a 2-0 uh, City yeah, anything to add on that? It's, I mean, it should be a City win on paper. Yeah, I, I think, you know, this will be a classic City away performance, uh, very much like West Ham. They'll, they'll get a goal, uh, the home side will have to come out and then they'll probably catch them and then they'll call it a day and make subs and, and ease out the last 20 minutes. And that, that we'll see that time and time again, I expect, this season. I don't, I don't think City will overexert themselves in games. They'll always make those changes for 15, 20 minutes to go where you'll see the likes of De Bruyne and Ireland come off. It's just whether they can get to a point of comfort by that mm-hmm. stage. And I think they'll do it again in this game. It'll be more difficult to get the opening goal, probably. But I think they'll do it. And I don't see them winning many games away from home 3 or 4 nil because no. I don't think they'll push. They'll but get the job done. Especially Liverpool. Liverpool have dropped points already. I City will look at it and go, well, we can just win games. And if they win, it's in their hands. I mean, I know it's miles out and City will drop points, but... I mean, there's every chance they're going to widen the gap over the next three or four weeks because Liverpool look like they could lose more points and City at the moment, we haven't seen anything yet in terms of a weakness. Maybe we will at Newcastle, we'll have to see. I mean, if Arsenal and Spurs are going to be their biggest title contenders, they'd be pretty happy with that because they do not have a good history of mm. <laughs> being consistent throughout, throughout an entire season. Well, Spurs can go to the Etihad and win though. So They can indeed. That. Well, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, That is why it was an important point for Spurs against Chelsea because mm. they need to keep that that distance not too big because again, they they can, they, they need to not lose stupid games and, you know, and to get points in which they're not playing well, I think is very anti-Spurs actually. Um, United-Liverpool, oh my God, it's the last game. Uh, you've gone for a 3-1. You've given United a win, uh, a goal. I've just gone for a four 0 Liverpool. I, I just, I just, I can't see any way in which United can hurt Liverpool. I know the midfield isn't great, and Matip's not there, but Liverpool. I said this last week. Liverpool were the best pressing side in the world. Yeah, I see it. Right, but if I've got a hope that those United players rally round and go right, actually Liverpool at home is the perfect game because it gives us a chance to show that we're not the write-offs that people are saying we are. Ten Hag can surely use this fixture and go right. It's going to be a test, but show us what you got. I think they'll put up a bit of a fight. Um, and I don't... You I, know, don't think I don't think they've got any fight in them. Well, 
I don't want to write them off yet. You, you're probably right. There's probably an 80% chance you're correct. But I'd, <laughs> I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and think that they'll put on a bit better performance and actually Liverpool will be stretched for some of the game and they'll run out winners, but they won't trounce them. You've obviously gone for... I mean, do Liverpool look like winning 4-0? I mean, maybe I don't they do think, against I don't United. Think, I don't think United look like winning... Like Liverpool look like winning 4-0, but I think United look like losing 4-0 every match. Right. And they've, Bloody you know... <laughs> You know, and again, there's people in the chat saying, oh, I hate United and all that. Well, I do very much dislike the way United are set up at the moment and the way they play. You know, if they're going to play out of the back and not press against Liverpool, they're going to get mm. destroyed. They're going to get absolutely mm. destroyed. There's no, there's no two ways about it. So, you know, you, I remember Solskjaer last year when he tried to get them mm. to press high up the pitch. They got completely taken out in that game. How, I just don't know how they play against The thing the is, right, side. Ten Hag's a football manager and meant to be a good one. Yeah. If you and I are sitting here now going, they're going to be prone to the press, surely you spent the last week trying to make sure United are prepared for that and can yeah. not fall for that. But then why so was he got... prepared against Brighton and Brentford? I don't, two, I two don't know, sides. but what, what are we saying? Tenag hasn't got a clue. Is that what we're saying? I'm saying that he hasn't. He has not got the players to do any kind of tactics that he wants to instill in you that team. You don't need good players to go, don't play around at the back, get it up, get it direct early, put the pressure on the Liverpool back four. They haven't got Matip. They look a bit shaky. Get the ball forward early. Don't don't play into their hands and try and play out from the back. Look at what De Gea did at Brentford. Yeah. Surely he's going to say, "Don't do that again." If we see that again, it'll be pretty. If I was a United fan and they fall for that again, not only fall for it against Liverpool, but do what they did against Brentford and get caught out because they can't play it around at the back because De Gea gets caught. It'll be unforgivable. No, I know. It? You, I know because you then got to go. What's Ten Hag doing? I know. Haven't you? Has he got no influence <laughs> well, on the, the players if but, but, they the, fall for that again? The, We're getting into United again. What are we doing? We're like every other football show over oh, the last know, week. Terrible. We're falling. Into I mean, this is the big game, right? I mean, it is, it is United yeah, beating Liverpool. Okay. I mean, the yeah. the last thing I'll say is that they, you know, under Solskjaer, they got battered by Liverpool when they tried to play to press. Ranić came in and you would think in the reverse fixture, Ranić would get them playing a system which at least wouldn't get them battered again and they got battered again. So they got battered home and away last season. They haven't made any new signings. In fact, they made one that arguably makes them even weaker in Martinez. And yeah, I just can't see anything, anything good. So but Liverpool got, got injuries at the back, got injuries in midfield that is true. and they're missing their centre forward. Yeah. You take that and you go, get amongst them, get the ball forward, blood and thunder, Old Trafford crowd behind us, Impose yourself. That's what you do, don't you? I mean, I'm not trying to tell Ten Hag his job, but that's what I would expect to see. If we see the same passive, placid, play the ball around and fall for the press performance, then bloody hell, we have got to worry about Ten Hag. Yeah. Really have. Because surely he can he can coach his players to get more from them than we saw against Brentford and not fall for it again. But we'll see. We will we'll see. see. It's going to be a very interesting Monday, Monday night. Uh, let's take a look at the Captain Matrix. Uh, we've gone for a kind of a Haaland and, and Salah kind of uh, rotation. Yeah, I mean, every week. I mean, you've got Salah v United this week. You've got Salah v Bournemouth mm. next week, which we might be doing a, a match of the day challenge for, if you can get permission from from Pip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, game week five is interesting. Haaland versus your boys. Uh, Salah versus Newcastle, both at home. And then game week six, Salah versus Everton, Haaland v Villa. And game week seven, Salah versus Wolves. It's going to be very difficult to come off one of those two players for the next, at least the next five, six weeks, isn't it? Well, I've got Son this week and then I've got Son at Forest next week. So it's not disastrous for me, is it? Uh, not having Salah uh, or I could go Haaland. It's game week five, which is hard. Um, I'll probably have to go Haaland against Forest when I'm there. Game week six, Son's got Fulham at home. I don't mind doing that. And then game week seven, 
that's when it's really tough for me because City play Spurs. So I've only mm. got Haaland and Son. So I've probably got to play a wild card going into seven, haven't I? It's probably what I'm thinking. And yep. then and then get Nunes if I don't want Salah, maybe, if he's back then. But yeah, there's a long way off, but it's worth doing this planning, right? So mm. you can see and you can go, right, where's the wild card going to go? At the moment, the problematic week looks to be game week seven because other than Liverpool, it's really hard to back. I think it's hard to back um, Spurs or, or City when they play each other. Although, there was five goals in that game last time, so maybe not. We'll we should go for Son. He loves a goal against, yeah. loves a goal against City. Uh, if we look at the data of this week, I know we're seeing a lot of people talking about Jesus, and if you look at the, the underlying numbers, he is right yeah. up there. Uh, well, he's, he's at the top. Best XGR non per 90, uh, 1.2. I mean, does that not worry you, not even having Jesus for this really good-looking well, game? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I can't, make a, a sideways move moving Saka out after two games I've got to have faith that Saka will, will deliver uh, you know and, and he's what was he 12 points behind Jesus so he's only got to score and get bonus and suddenly the gap's nothing so yeah, it could happen this weekend so I, it's too, I can't panic yet um, obviously if I'm sitting here in five or six game weeks time and Saka's got one goal and Jesus has got seven or eight <laughs> then yeah. I'll probably be wild carding but the other thing is, do I want a wild card to Jesus when he's in so many teams? I don't want to let that be a factor, but it is in the back of my mind. But I went Saka because I thought he could he could hold his own, maybe even outscore Jesus. And it hasn't turned out like that so far. And Jesus looks electric. I can't, I can't. I'm more worried about Jesus than I am Salah. Yeah, I bet you are. It's, it's, it's a very mm. difficult position to be in something like that because I think I was mm. saying this to Janny earlier. You don't want to move for a player that's 75% owned because no, it just yeah. feels like... You're just, mm. you know, getting in someone in with God. But equally, if he's a player that he's just going to continue to destroy you stubborn, every week. No. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so a... I, will, I will move there eventually if it's still, yeah. if Saka can't lift himself. But as I say, two games is not enough to, no. to make that conclusion yet. Um, interesting with Salah. I mean, Salah normally is right at the top of all of these these lists, but he has had a slow start to the season. Next year, non penny per 90 mm. of 0.61. I mean, that's still, I always say anything above 0.6 in this category is, is kind of, you're heading into like, you're heading into like 180, 190 points probably if you keep that because mm. of the season. So that's still very encouraging, but it's not where he was last year where he was like, what, 0.9 or something like that? Basically no, getting your return every game. Do, do you think with Nunes out, I mean, I, Diaz could play up front. Yeah, I think that could that's happen. that's what we saw. Yeah. Like Cavallio could start left and Diaz down the middle and, and then Salah out right. It depends if Firmino's fit or not. Um, if he's fit, Firmino starts and then that's probably good for Salah and Salah will probably thrive. I do. I still think there's something in this when Nunes plays, Salah is not, not as selfish as he was. I think we saw it in the game again against Palace where he drew defenders and laid it off to Trent a few times and he crossed the ball early a few times, which is not the kind of stuff we saw as often last season. But it's so early to say, you know, he still looked good second half without any end product. Mm. And I think if Firmino plays, he's going to do well. And I think looking at the defensive data here, you look at United, two-game sample, but you've got to think Liverpool score at least a couple of goals. You've put them down for four. I don't see that, but I see Salah coming out with a return. You've got to think that. Yep. So I probably would go Salah if I had him. Um, and I guess that's the way you're going, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come on to teams, uh, our teams now. Oh, Andy's in the chat saying he's, he's waiting to, to see our moves. We both made our moves. Before we do yeah, that, let's just dumb. yeah. Before we do that, let's talk quickly. But you want you want to say something about um, price rises, right? Yeah, it was more about early transfers and and where you stand on them. Because I know, like you know, I listen to the Scoutcast and Joe is very much like against it, and I certainly get that school of thought. I've always been in the camp of early in the season you have to move and you have to be yeah. aggressive, 
Uh, and even if it's taken a hit, like I've done, um, to try and lock in value and jump on rises, when it's players that you know you want over the long term, I think it's necessary. Um, where do you stand on that? Are you, are you in between? Are you in my camp? Or are you more in the Joe stance? Sorry, sorry to give Joe the label of he's just an anti-early transfer, but he kind of is. Yeah, he, he'll understand. He yeah, I mean, um, a greyhead post as well, didn't he? About Fabio Borges. Fabio Borges is, is on the is on the Joe's side as well. He rarely yeah. makes transfers until it's the Friday. We've got the team news and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. I have been burnt so many times by not moving early for players, and then they've got mm. priced out of my reach by game week four, game week five. Lundstrom is is the classic example that I can remember. I, I really regret just not taking that hit early on, even though I had other fires I wanted to put out, not taking that hit and bringing him in because, you know, in the end, I ended up paying about 4.8 million for him or something like that. And it's, it's a, that's a lot of money. And mm. I look at my, my, my team value dropped to 99.9, which is the lowest it's ever been. And so I made my moves yesterday to correct that. I made 0.2 last night. I'm going to get another one tonight. And I think one of my players is going to drop that I would have sold. So if I'd waited until Friday... That's 0.4. I'm down to, you know, 99.5 team value. Yeah, and, and, and right now, Joe's listening, going, it's points, not pounds that matter. It's not points, not value. And I get it, right? But it, I'm interested to see where the analytics crowd sit on this because, of course, like, you know, it, Joe's always said, and again, sorry, Joe, but Joe has always said to me, if you can't get the player you want, there's always another option. But, of course, the analytics side of things, the model... You can't throw, you can't say that to a model. You can't go, well, the model's telling me to get this player, but there's always another option. Mm. You know, that that goes against everything, the old optimal, non-optimal thing. It's very much about if, if there's a player that's optimal, that's the player you want, right? So I, I'm in that camp. I'm in that like, well, I want to protect value so I can always be in a position to get the player I want and not be priced out. And I think, unfortunately, this season already, the player, the player losses, the price value drops rather. I try and get my words out. The price drops have been quite <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, it's been aggressive, hasn't it? Players dropping quickly, and a yeah. lot of them. And um, I don't like that. I like to lock in. And I think early season, you can you can make moves to do that. And I think what's crucial is having that first sub. And we've both got Andreas, and we've both got Nico Williams. And Nico Williams at Everton, to be honest, I look at it and think, actually, I wouldn't mind playing him. So I think if you've got that 12th man, if you've got that sub, and you think, if I get an injury... The worst that happens is that 12th man comes in and that's a player that I don't mind starting. Then I think you can afford to take the risk yeah. and try and eke out that little bit of advantage. There is no question in my mind, if you move early for a player and you get him 0-1 cheaper and the player you're getting rid of is also going down 0-1, so you're at a 0-2 swing, you've got an advantage over a manager who didn't do that, yeah. who made that transfer later. You'll get it's, a, it's an advantage. You're getting a 0-2 advantage by doing that move Absolutely. early. Absolutely. So... It's whether you've got the appetite for the risk. Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some players which I think we just need to move on. Like, I've, I think James is, is entering into that. With the, with the fixtures Chelsea have got, like, he's just not someone yeah. that we can wait around with because he's going to be 6.2, 6.3 soon because he's going to keep getting returns and chipping away. Martinelli as well, 6 million. I mean, maybe Saka. The reason why I didn't want to double up on Arsenal was because I was waiting to see Odegaard, I was waiting to see Saka, I was waiting to see, you know, some of the other players. And then it's pretty clear now that Martinelli is, is the best option, so I've moved for him um, as well. There's other players, though, that I'm happy to be a bit more patient with. I'm happy to stomach a, a price drop on Mount because the fixtures are good and I can keep him. Mm. I'm happy to... I don't, well, I'm not happy, but I don't mind the Perisic drop, for example, because I want to see him against Wolves. Because I think if he does score in that, suddenly he's going to be bought by loads of people. So I don't think you kind of have to relentlessly chase price rises and price drops and really panic about it. But 
if there's an opportunity to make 0.3, 0.4 million early in a week and not have, you know, and you can't do that if you wait till the, the later team news, I think you have to take it. I, I think yeah. it's too big a, it's but too big a. You're trading upside. that value for information is yeah. whether that information later in the week is an advantage over the value. Can be, but um, if you've got a good sub, then then you can afford, I think, to take that risk. Yeah, exactly. And I think Pereira is, is that. Then I wouldn't do it. Right? Yeah. I think I think Pereira's fine. It's not like Pereira's playing Man City or Chelsea this week. He's yeah, and you've got Nico, Brentford. right? Have you got Nico? I haven't, no, but a lot of people do. Oh, or, right. You know, there's, yeah. there's there's plenty of players, I think, that can cover you if you yeah. do get an unfortunate injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, let's take a look at our teams. This is yours on the screen. Um, I'll read it up for you if you like. Oh, you're going me first, are you? Yeah, yeah. we'll go you okay. first. Yeah, that's what the people want. Oh, yeah, I should have put you back. That's, that's how the clickbait works, isn't it? I remember. Damn. Mm. Uh, it's Ramsdale in goal. It's Trent. Uh, it's Cancelo, James and Walker. I mean, pretty solid defence so far on goalkeeper. Uh, Son, Diaz, Saka, Martinelli, Haaland and Tony. I mean, you're looking much healthier than you were last yeah. league. What, what moves have you made? Yeah, well, it was Robertson to James and uh, Johnson to Tony. Johnson yeah. was the weak link. I think Johnson could end up scoring Everton and hurt me, but longer term, I think Johnson's going to go down in price tonight. Um, Robertson could go down in price before the weekend, and James was going up and Tony was going up. So it could be a 0-4 swing yeah. off the back of this. right? And yes, I've taken the hit, but I, I think that's okay early in the season to lock in value. I don't mind that. I'm not going to take lots of hits. I didn't do this for kind of thing too much last season and I didn't have a great season. So maybe it's a thing that I need to do more this season. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. But it felt right. And at this stage, I look at that team and think there's no obvious weakness now. Unless obviously Saka continues to disappoint. Um, but I don't see any weaknesses anywhere else. I mean, and, you know, I, obviously I haven't got Salah, but I think Son at home to Wolves will do fine. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if I don't get a return from him. And Tony has got the kind of run that if you if you look look at the fixtures, it's the kind of run where you'll look back in 10 weeks and go, well, of course I should have got Tony. Mm. Look at the fixtures. So it's one of those runs where you think, I think I've got to jump on that. And of course, everyone's got Haaland or Jesus. Or, so Tony's probably a player that not many have gone to unless they've gone free up front. So there's, there's that that's quite attractive for me as well. Um, could have gone Mitrovic, it was close, but I've, I think I just prefer Tony yeah. at the moment. I think the only thing is it's, it's quite a scary few weeks for you with with Arsenal's fixtures the way they are and Jesus in the form he's in and Salah obviously with uh, good games and then the the Bournemouth game coming up in a little bit. I mean that's the yeah. the, te- the team looks yeah. great. I mean there's, there's always you know it doesn't matter what team you've got there's always going to be players you're you're concerned about and worried about. So. Yeah, but I mean like if if they win two 0 and Saka gets goal and assist, everyone's not you know it, it changes it and he could right yep. could um, and if Jesus scores. I'd hope that Saka and Martinelli get me something out of that as well. Um, didn't the weekend. Maybe that's a one-off. Maybe that happens every week. Maybe he runs riot and, and Saka gets nothing every week. But I'm willing to take that. It's, re- it's really frustrating with, with someone like Jays as well. Because like, you know he's a good player. You know he's highly out. You know he's probably yeah, going to do well. And then he just mm. does. And you're like, ah. Oh. And he gets to the end. You're like, oh, well, maybe I should have been That's fantasy football. It is. Like, you, can't have a, you can't have them all. And... I look at my team and I'm happy with it. And that's what, that, what's important is, am I happy with my team? Yeah. Yes. So that's it. Fine. Obviously people can argue, I'd rather have that player than that player. Fine. Yeah. But I, I, I want to back these players and game week three, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my mind yet. I, I think a bit of patience at this stage in the season can help you. If we're sitting here in game week five and Saka's got one assist to his name, it'll yeah. change, won't it? Yeah. Uh, my team then, I mean, my my transfers are all about making a team that I like to the look of 
um, as well. So I've still got Ward in, in goal, uh, which is obviously a bit of a problem, but the rest of the team, I think, is now looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, Trent Cancelo-James, Perisic, hopefully he starts. Uh, Zinchenko's come in. Uh, Salah captain, De Bruyne, Mount, Martinelli, and Gabriel mm. Jesus. So I just removed, well, I, I sacrificed Robertson, but that's a lot. Let me get in James and upgrade Neto to Martinelli. And then I had Dean and I just thought, I know, I know the classic FPL rule is don't take a hit for a defender, but I just don't want Dean anymore. And it's a Yeah, lot- but you're getting James. You're yeah. getting James. Well, and, I, and you, it's- but it, but I, I'd i already got James. So I did Robertson to James oh, and, right, and Neto Zinchenko. to Martinelli. And then I just took the extra minus four to do Dean to Zinchenko. And that's going to get me well, a 0.2. Then- it's going to get me a 0.2 saving and, I, and, right, so, mm. and I'm setting myself up going forward. So yeah, yeah. Would you, well, you okay. Would, you wouldn't, there's no, would you have kept Dean for another week? I just, no, but I, I wouldn't have been silly enough to have him in the first place. Well, no, I know. <laughs> oh. I was silly enough to have Johnson maybe. So, you know, but that was my heart telling me, I don't know what part of your body told you to get Dina, but it wasn't your head or your heart, was it? <laughs> well, I, just, I just thought... Was it he, your elbow or something? I, don't I, know. Thought, I thought he'd get more than zero points against Bournemouth and Everton. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. God, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm on a minus four as well, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, that's what saving the transfer does, right? I know everyone yeah. either did the, the, the Kane to Holland move or, or banked. And I know there was a lot of talk pre-season about whether to just start with Haaland or Kane. And, you know, a lot of people went for Kane and, and have had that move kind of booked in. But that's the advantage of, of not thinking of doing that move is that you just, I just got to be able to sort my team out. Because if I didn't have two free transfers and I had that team, I, would, I think I would have been in wildcard territory because mm. it would have been a minus eight to get to this. And then I've still got Mount, oh, I'm yeah. not too sure about. You can't go minus Paris eight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you've got, you've got Mount to my Saka, haven't you? We're, yeah. we're both like, mm, kind of like, well, yeah. he needs to do something. He needs to do something. And then you've got the ward Everson issue, I guess. But Perisic should be all right, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know. Exciting but to see him it, start. If he does start and watch, yeah, yeah. watch that Spurs game. Should, he should do well. But I think, you know, you're going you're gonna to be missing him in game week five, probably. He'll get rotated for that one. But, you know, you're, gonna, you, you're going forward with a player who's going to be exciting for you, but he's going to be, you're going to have anxiety before the team sheet comes out, right? It's going to be one of those. Yeah, I kind of, I don't really know why I entered into this, but in the end, it, the excitement factor just, just got yeah. to me. That's I think you've got to have some Spurs, right? Spurs. Yeah. There's so many teams I'm seeing out there with no Spurs players at all. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I've got some, so I don't mind that. But it does surprise me because, like I said at the start of the show, they've got the best front three. Yeah. You want, I would have thought you want some buy-in. So I think Mount Kudazeski is probably what you're thinking, right? Yeah, I mean, I wish I'd just start with Kulisewski like I always yeah. planned to, and then I think I'd be looking even stronger. I think if I'm picking an 8 million midfielder now, I'm picking Kulisewski out, out of a lot yeah. of them. So, mm. yeah, I'm a bit annoyed with myself. But yeah. I think there is potential for Chelsea over the next three. So I, I, will, I will definitely give him out the Leeds game. If he blanks in that, then it might be. Because I could even move to Diaz now, for example, mm. if I wanted to. And I've got a bit of money in the bank. So I, I think you'll do all right. I'm, 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 I am looking forward to a couple more green arrows this time next week, hopefully. And when we look yeah. at us, look at us saying, you know, giving each other Well, it's us and... against the world, as It is. It's us against the world, right? So, Me and you, Mark. Yeah. Black Box boys. <laughs> uh, Until I start beating you, then yeah, it's, you know, exactly. it's all about me. Until you turn yeah. on me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so likely. They know how it is out uh, there. It is. Yeah, it's dog eat dog. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Black Box boys, let's take a look at the Black Box League. Um, if you haven't joined yet, make sure uh, you do join. The league code is 3V7DQ9. There's a link in the description. Um, I love well. how you do that. Yeah. yeah. It's my, um, what's the word when it's, you know, you're doing it and it's, 
I can't remember. I'll probably say the wrong word. It'll be like some kind of. Yeah. It's too late. It's too late at night. It's too late. Yeah, you don't want to go there. Let's not <laughs> ADSM, do a sexual thing. ADSM. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. ADSM? No, ASMR, you mean? Oh, ADSM yeah. is something completely different. It, I don't know where you're getting that from. What's ADSM? Oh, God. I don't know, but you probably got us banned from YouTube there. Well done, that's fantastic. Oh, no. Great job. What is it? ASMR. ASMR. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. People I mean, are I, googling I, now. I don't know. What, I don't know what even it is. But it's all a bit weird. <laughs> ADSM. I don't know what that is. I don't know. What, I don't. I don't want to go there. It's either a mental there. disorder or something no, really bad. No. no don't. <laughs> Let's just leave it. There. Let's leave it there. Join the league. Um, Stephen, Stephen Browner is is currently top. He's on 101 points for the game week, which is a, a massive thing. He's on 185 points altogether. How many points have I got? What a start. 122. So he's, yeah, so he's 63 ahead of he's me. He's nearly 100 ahead of me already. Yeah, but 100 ahead of you. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you've got Pulkett uh, in second, Daniel Eberhard in third, uh, no, sorry, joint second, um, Kevin Murray um, in fourth with a red arrow with 76 points. Uh, some big scores from from these guys, which obviously you'd expect yeah. to shoot on the ranks. But uh, yeah, and Jim Zwick in fifth. Um, yeah, great starts, um, you guys. So... Yeah. yeah, can I just give a shout out to Natalie at this point um, and, and ask you when you're going to dissolve that Apprentice League because it's showing us both up and it's quite embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Have we got a... Uh, there's loads of people I... laughing at my thing in the chat. about. Yeah, I mean... I think, her... I think BDSM is a... Sexual? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I no, said too much. You said, there. "Oh yeah, way too quickly." Then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to Natalie, he's changing the subject completely. Um, what a start! Oh she's my had. god, she's on one hundred and sixty-seven points. She yeah, would be. So she'd be on almost oh, on this table, almost on the list. Yeah, she's having an amazing start. Yeah, what have you done, as? What have you created? Oh, her team looks good as well. Edison, I know, Trent, don't, don't James, tell me, Trippier, I know. Cancelo, yeah. Martinelli, Harlan. Oh yeah. god. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, that's a concern. That's, that's, we should have deleted that league. Please delete the league. <laughs> that's exactly. Oh, God, what an ending. Um, it's there in black and white to haunt us every week. If oh. it, we've, got to, we've got to catch up. We've got to catch up. It's, it's essential. Right? If you, it, actually, if, you, if, you, if anyone's listening to this and they do want some advice from a decent manager, do check out Natalie's <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> She's FPL Parry on, on Twitter no, and she, she does her own her own content so. I'm, I'm 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 very proud of the fact honestly i'm not bitter at all <laughs> Where, where's your apprentice not even playing he's given up are you surprised when he was like my apprentice last season <laughs> oh dear he didn't even register a team I there you go what did. contrasting functions of that experiment there didn't you go even register a team yeah, Na- natalie's probably got more chance of winning the fbl now in the years to come than we have is that that's I a depressing thought everyone says oh mark's a godfather so i wish you could shoot at me he'd be the best no nope, uh, look what happens don't even bloody play <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, 2,263 people watching. Uh, amazing stuff. Thank you all for your support, as usual. Please do like the stream. 653 likes. One day I want to see 1,000 likes. That's my dream. Um, might happen one day. Give, give as his dream. Give it's me, not my, much give last me my dream. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, and also make sure you're subscribed to the channel um, as well and do join yeah. the lead code. And like I mentioned earlier, um, the scout price, fantasy football scout price goes up on Saturday. So. Make sure you lock in at the cheaper price um, before then. Um, but I think that's it, Mark. It's been great. Another yeah, I'm, I'm going to go away and uh, going to 
look on YouTube for ADSM and see what I find. So, uh, <laughs> maybe I won't. Actually. You've got to sort our tables out before you can do any private browsing. Oh, what a shocker! <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be looking into that Brighton data. I won't be sleeping before I do that. No. I'll be going straight to look at that and see what went wrong. And I'll be uh, I'll be tweeting the correct table tomorrow, putting my wrongs to, to right. Look forward to it. Yes, yeah, cool stuff. Yes. Um, but yeah, until then, until next week, uh, we'll be back. Um, and yeah, thanks everyone, and we'll see you soon. Good night from me. Good night, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network.